0: Sports. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Nicolo Baltra. Bickley and Morata talk Suns Clippers. Now.
1: Paul gets it from Bill Kennedy and bounces to Booker on the baseline. Steps back, shoots a fadeaway three, and buries it from the right corner. What a shot from Devin Booker over Russell Westbrook to put the Suns back up 9-65-56. Yeah, you know, those are those trick games that happens always throughout the year where... You think somebody's missing one of their top players and, you know, you try to you let off the gas a little bit and they take advantage of it. And you can give credit to those guys. They they played their asses off tonight, and, you know, but, you know, I think the whole team was prepared for that and figured they would, so you know, we, we didn't take a step back.
2: That's Devin Booker after the game. You heard John Bloom, Tim Kempton on the call. Three of his 45 points in a game where, again, the Suns needed every bit of Devin Booker's heroic performance to put away the LA Clippers Mm -hmm. and let's start there when when, when Kellen Olsen who's watched a lot of basketball and seen pretty much everything Devin Booker's done in the NBA says I don't recognize this guy right now that's got to make you feel good because the Suns are still very clearly working things out from a chemistry uh, standpoint with, with Kevin Durant, and you know, counting on players that maybe they weren't supposed to be counting on at this point of the season, but yeah, Devin yeah. Booker is the ultimate security blanket yeah. right now.
3: Yeah, listen, and there were—I t- shudder to think what last night might have looked like had he not done what he did. There were times when it seemed like he was the only guy with any real energy um, to meet what was coming at him from the Clippers now. Um, I think in a broader context what we're seeing from him in these past two games is exactly what I think a lot of us had hoped for um, atonement um, sort of making it clear to everybody that what what the nation saw in game 6 and 7 against the Mavericks was in no way indicative of the player Devin Booker is or is going to be and and I think this is driving him I mean he's the guy who obviously his goal is to be legendary and the way they left the playoffs last year could not have been easy for Devin Booker to hear that read that watch that see that you know if you spend any time online uh, and I'm sure it's much less than Kevin Durant does it it, it couldn't have been easy but what I think we're watching is um, the arc of a player who who just won't be denied. I, there's going to be short-term failures, but it's not going to stop his ascendance. And that's what last night looked like to me. Yeah. You got games of 38 and 45 after a game one performance in which he wasn't so good down the stretch. And so now what he's done is he has now elevated himself to one of the top performers in the playoffs. He both just started. Yeah, here's Monty Williams,
2: the head coach of the Suns, on uh, Devin Booker and his aggression. I think that's
1: where he is, plus Kevin. And when we get stops and get out and run, that's the other place where he's been really dynamic. Once you show him a, a crack or an alley, he's going to take it. And the other part about Book is he he, he will pass the ball and make the right play. Um, I don't know how, how, if they counted it tonight or if we did, but the hockey assist for him was probably high tonight because he was hitting the pocket, and then we were finding guys on the backside. Um, but I, I'm not quite sure I'd call it aggression. I just think he's making the right plays, and whatever the defense gives him, he, he takes advantage of it. You said something
2: earlier in this series, Bick, that I I really started to think about last night. And I'm going to call it, again, like I saw it last night. You talked about when the Suns win, how officiating never gets thought about. Mm -hmm. And you never consider the other side of officiating Mm -hmm. after a win. Right. Uh, The L.A. Clippers fan base is probably livid at the NBA officials last night. And I think they have reason to be. I think the Suns got pretty much every call.
3: I'm very happy to hear you say that. Thirty one fouls
2: for the Clippers
3: to eighteen
2: for the Suns, forty six to twenty five in free throws again without that differential. And the Suns didn't exactly shoot the the ball great from the free throw line. They missed eleven of them. Yeah. And they missed four in crunch time, which is inexcusable from players in the starting lineup.
3: But they got a boost last night. I I respect you saying that because to me, yeah, yeah, part of part of the blame the officiating game. It's it's not taking accountability. It's blaming somebody else for your loss, and and you don't want to face the fact that your basketball team might not be good enough. So you're looking for a reason anytime they lose, and, and that's just gonna. And then you find commiseration and company and other people who want to bond around that. And, and now I think you're getting very victim-like in terms of the way you approach a basketball team, and victims don't win championships. And, and so I'm real happy to hear you say that. It kind of struck me as being that way a little bit too. No, I think it, the best thing the refs did is is when Russell Westbrook lost his ever loving mind on one that he didn't get teed up. That the refs like, okay, you know what? I, if if we just mess that up, I'm, I'm not going to make this worse.
2: Yeah, they didn't. They didn't magnify it right. because that that was a foul. That was a foul on right. Devin Booker. Right. Uh, that le- that led yeah. to that turnover. Now, a- any other time Russell Westbrook's getting teed up, you cannot react no, it, that way.
3: I was stunned he didn't, but I thought it was a. G- it was. I thought that was at least the very least the officiating could have done in that situation. Devin Booker, the way that he is, the w- his, his knowledge, the way he maneuvers around a basketball court now, um, it's it's quite something. He 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 knows every angle to get to the basket. He it goes to his left hand a lot. His, his left, left hand, hand is fantastic. By the way, and and the thing is too, he is so strong in his upper body. You can see him when he drives, and he's got a guy on his right arm. You can see him flex. And you can see him keep that elbow real tight to the body. And and that's his sort of like his shield. And he, he's deceptively strong. Deceptively strong.
4: This will be a theme for the rest of the show, obviously. But is it more encouraging that Booker is consistently now taking that next step? Or is it discouraging that he's doing that and the Suns need every single point from it against a team that's missing its two stars?
2: Uh, it's more encouraging. Again, what Vic said earlier is is kind of
3: like the bottom line to all of this. Nothing is easy in the playoffs. No. And, and listen, and so I, I think on a night like last night, what would you expect Devin Booker to do? Exactly what he did. And he did it. And and he didn't have a ton of help. I mean, KD was good. Quiet T- 28 though from KD. He was terrible. Chris Paul. A- a- Torrey Craig, fantastic. One thing Monty Williams has gotten right This postseason, even if it's had a negative effect on the bench, is Torrey Craig's been great. He was, again, big
2: shot and then followed that up with with two really inexplicable fouls, which which kept things interesting longer. But But he is Torrey Craig. He is, and... The biggest part of the Tory Craig three that I loved is that Kevin Durant gave the ball up. He made the right basketball play. He found Tory Craig open, and Tory had hesitated and passed up some open shots, which we hadn't seen in this series, and it mm-hmm. kind of makes you wonder is they are they are they tensing up a little bit, but he hit the biggest one. He's ten for sixteen from three point range in this series. Amazing.
3: He's had three consecutive double-digit scoring games in the playoffs for a guy that wasn't even supposed to be part of the starting lineup. Did he have three consecutive you... double-digit scoring games of the entire season? I'd, I'd have I to would look say it up, probably he's, not. He's yeah. I mean, I mean, this is a guy where he was playing basketball in Australia at one point in time. Yeah. So uh, you've got to you've got to recognize that, but but Devin Booker was on just a different level last night, and I couldn't help but think, what does the rest of the nation think now when they're seeing him play like this? Because he he believe me, he has had his share of detractors. Vinny could probably talk an hour on this. Yeah, Jarrett, uh, to answer your question, uh, he's had
2: three different streaks of double oh. digits in three or more games, including
3: oh, awesome. four in a row from I, November
2: fourteenth to November twenty. I forgot he started a lot of games this yeah, year. True, he was Injuries. He was good and. and and they did get some some plus from the bench last night. Bismack a
3: plus plus eighteen in eleven minutes. Oh, how <laughs> by about, far the best number and of the, the night. How about the Hackabiz? <laughs> yeah. That's that's I I don't need to see Bismack Biombo shooting any more high leverage free throws. Thank you very yeah, much.
2: Yeah, we could probably do without that.
3: And we got to get into the small lineup and the fits it caused. Yeah, I got it. We got a break. Let's yeah, break. we'll uh, we'll get into all of it. We got plenty
2: of time, Bic. It's early still. Uh, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Yeah, we'll get into all of that. Late, uh, coming up next, it's a Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona
0: Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Mikalo Baltra Bickley and Marotta talk Suns Clippers. Now,
1: the culture, the guys, the uh, uh, things that are implemented, the rules, how we play the game. It's important. So, next minute mentality is big, you know, for our group. And uh, tonight was tonight, guys played well. Uh, just unfortunately, didn't uh, come out with the win. When they go small, you have to take advantage of it. I mean, when they have smaller guys out there and the shot goes up, um, D.A. got some, Torrey got a big one. Um, I think that's the advantage for us is to attack the paint, attack the basket, but also crash. If we can get extra possessions that way, we'll take it.
2: Russell Westbrook talking about playing a hard despite not having Kawhi Leonard in Game Three. Monty Williams on combating the uh, Clippers' small lineup, which we saw for almost the full fourth quarter. Bick and it made things very interesting. Suns win it one twenty nine to one twenty four to take a two one series lead. But um, Ty Lue made a substitution uh, at nine o three when Eric Gordon came in for Marcus Morris Senior, mm-hmm. and for the rest of the game. He went with Russell Westbrook, Bones Highland, Eric Gordon, Terrence Mann, and Norman Powell. Five guards basically on the lineup. And that was a difficult transition for the Suns to make. They they, you know, combated it with with DeAndre Ayton. And DeAndre Ayton was being guarded by a guard. Oh. And the Suns were hesitant to, to throw the ball into him. It was a, really, can't catch it's a really tough night for, for D.A. And sometimes the hands are there. Sometimes they're not there. But, it's, man, was it a frustrating performance. I, I likened it to somebody trying to catch a wet bar of soap I, I love night. that.
3: I've never heard that metaphor, and I love it. It's absolutely perfect. I just don't understand why this thing is, it, is a intermittent kind of condition for him. There are times when he's very... Very stout. I've seen him in playoff games soar and grab rebounds emphatically with one hand and slap the left hand on. Why does his handle come and go the way it does?
2: I don't know. And Kevin Durant throughout the game, to his credit, was kind of staying on D.A. And I think he was staying on him in a positive yeah, light and a positive energy on there was just that waning focus and, and lack of force that we've talked about so many times over the course of the past five seasons for DA but it was there and when the Suns got that fast break bucket and Chris Paul found a streak in Kevin Durant for the dunk and it was a thunderous dunk mm-hmm. uh, it led to a timeout for the Clippers and maybe that's when KD goes to the, 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 to the uh, bench and says that's how you finish finish like that because again, Da was—he's it, always so been a finesse player, yeah, but man, the finesse the was rolls. on eleven it, last night. Yes,
3: it was. It's—it's so—it's so aggravating. Any single time now, the ball goes down, it gets slapped out of his hands. He's bobbling it. He's fumbling it. It's—he it's, does so many like one-handed and turnaround fadeaways against. People
4: who are shorter than I know. him. It's, yeah? it's well, just his natural
3: state of being, and it's never
2: going to change. But focusing on that small lineup, it did create problems. That the Clippers got to within three with that mm-hmm. small lineup on a couple times, and you just could not. Put them away, and I'm wondering if that puts the light bulb well, on for Tyloo moving forward. Especially if Kawhi Leonard's not there, and not that Kawhi is a big, yeah. But I think the Clippers can really affect things, especially mm-hmm. if the Suns. I mean, again, we, when we talked with Kellen, their defense against dribble penetration was just bad, oh, and yeah. and when you can exploit those matchups out out front. Which the, the Clippers did to a, a large degree. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking we might see more small lineups in, in Game Four.
3: Well, because if we know anything about Da, it's he rarely dominates against the players that we always expect him to dominate against, and and it wasn't. He just, plays
4: better against the Embiids and the Jokic's than he does bizarre, against the six eight guys it, that are guarding him,
3: or the six five guys who yeah, yeah, are guarding right. them. And, and, and you're right. For at one point in time, with 144 left to go in the game, the Clippers had whittled this down to a three point game, and at that point in time, I thought, Thought, oh no this is you you can't cough this game up there's no coming back from this nope that's when Tory Craig made and, and part of that part of that issue was DA struggled from the free throw line down the stretch so Tory Craig makes that gigantic 3 and, and it gives the team some breathing room uh, everything you're saying about DA to me you're exactly right and it's a concern for me uh, on some level uh, it, it, what really bothered me, and I brought this up to KO, was after Chris Paul yacked up a couple of free throws, near the very end of the game, the ball came in his hands and he turned around and gave it right back to Kevin Durant as soon as possible. Did, did you hear Kevin Durant's interview on, on the Bally Sports Post no,
2: no, I missed it. <laughs> Tom Chambers asked him about that. And he said, well, yeah, I yelled his name pretty loud when he got the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, okay. and he kind of said it with a smile, but you're right. I oh, mean, Chris I Paul looked like bad. he wanted no part of that. He, he didn't, and and Tom had brought up in the question to KD like that is Chris Paul territory when you're trying to ice a game. He's not giving that ball up because
3: he's such no. a good free throw shooter and a ball handler. And for him to give it up, this was the first time when I thought this might be an issue. He is not. He is in a shaky mindset. You can see it. He, he is supposed to be shooting some of these open threes, and he's not. He doesn't feel good in his role, and I I just – I'm telling you, when you get – when if and when the Suns advance, and I fully expect them to, there might have to be something dramatic done about this in terms of his role in all of this. And, 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 we and hopefully c- campaign is back by then. Th- yes. and maybe that makes things easier. I, I hope. I, I really hope that Chris Paul can turn a corner here. For him to give up that basketball in that situation is a big red flag to me.
2: Well, I think the similarity, and, and you can lump the, the, these two guys together, especially since they both missed crucial free throws, two crucial free throws on one trip to the line, but at very different points of their respective careers, there is a similarity between Chris Paul and D.A., some nights they're going to have it, and some nights they're not, for different reasons. Mm-hmm. For Chris True. Paul, he's at the point of his career, an all-time great, and we see when it starts to wane a little bit, they can bring it every once in a while, but they can't bring it every night. Last yeah. night he didn't bring it. No. Now he could very well hit five of six three-pointers tomorrow and yeah. you know, put a Band-Aid yeah. on it moving forward into and Game 5. And for D.A., it's it's just a focus it thing.
3: Will, it's the difference between won't and can't. Yes. There are nights yeah. when Chris Paul can't. Find it can't bring it, and with the yeah. aids won't.
4: And again, this, like you just said, this will probably be good enough to beat a shorthanded
3: Clippers team. Yes, I just worry as they go so further and further in the They're, playoffs. Well, they, they the, I, I really hope that this year the Suns will, and I, I think this will happen. I don't think this is Chris Paul's show anymore. One other point on Chris Paul to maybe consider. As after game
2: two he had the X ray on the finger. He didn't show up on yeah, the injury report. How much of that was good a factor? Point. Good
3: point. It's a very good point. But but again, nobody enjoys a but, mystery injury more but, than. But Chris let's Paul. not. But again, this team can't indulge Chris Paul at all costs anymore. We've we've done that a couple of times. This is not the time to do it. So something <laughs> worth monitoring. But here's here's the point. They kind of have to just because of the personnel. I, Maybe. Uh, it,
2: maybe. Campaign I, I, I coming think in and being things... able to play 12 minutes would be a huge right. boost and for then, this and team. Yes.
3: And then I think what I'm getting at is paring down Chris Paul's minutes dramatically. In making him a bit kind of piece of this. But again, we don't have to go there now. For now, the good takeaway is that Devin Booker's at a level where none of this might actually matter. Yeah, last night got tenuous, but again, Devin Booker now two straight games has been sensational. And we mm-hmm.
4: still haven't even seen sensational Kevin Durant. Right. He's been
3: good. He's been good enough. He's 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 given them exactly what they need. This is this is very much like the the NBA Finals Suns where it was Devin Booker looking around going I yes, got nobody. Yes. Now at least he's got KD. Yeah.
2: And when KD's doing that and still ends up with 28 points. That I mean it's you, crazy, you've talked it? about it this whole series. It just Sometimes it just comes to guys, and and he's one of those guys. The offense just comes to him. Yes, yeah, it's true. You can register to win tickets to see Foo Fighters on October third at Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater. Just head to the contest page at arizonasports.com for event details and for your chance to win. Coming up next, Sarah Cazell takes us through the big stories of the day in the rush hour reboot. Spickly and Marotta mornings on this Friday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams
5: wake up everybody it's a victory friday here on bickley and murata mornings on arizona sports the local sports leader i'm sarah kazell taking you through everything you need to know in valley sports and beyond with dan bickley hey with stud light vince murata <laughs> I, <knew it. laughs> I, I gotta give
2: credit to uh, that nickname. i i like it it's so good <laughs> Who tweeted, I, like I forgot to look up
5: who tweeted us that yesterday.
2: Uh, that's a credit to, to Mark, who suggested a new level by Pantera as the song of the day. We don't have a song of the day today, Mark, so I thought oh, it was the song okay. I would just throw
5: it in. Good. There we go. And Jarrett Carlin. He hit me in the bleep! He hit me in the bleep! <laughs> <laughs> we do have yeah, to. we've seen a,
4: a little bit. We have to address that because Gilbert Arenas and James Harden did not overlap in college.
5: Oh, yes. Your anecdote at the start of the show, I was I was racking my brain for okay, how that would have happened. All right,
3: all right. I'm sorry. I've, I must have conflated memories then. So the, the Gilbert Arenas thing is is accurate.
5: Okay. There was, so it was somebody just somebody else, else that hit it him in the, in the Yes, yeah.
3: because I remember sitting
5: there. He was right in front of me chanting that. I'm I'm sorry about that. I, no, I conflated right. that. And the that would be like the 2000 I, 2001. Yeah. Who was playing for ASU back then? I don't know. I would have to uh, uh, look. Uh, all right. Oh, yeah. yeah.
4: Curtis Millage. After that hit, Gilbert Arenas. Kyle
0: were- Dodds. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Arenas went from uh, Agent Zero to Agent Minus 2. After that's that. right, he did. <laughs> he did. All
5: right, sorry about that. No, that's that's alright. Alright, the Suns beat the Clippers last night, 129-124. They now have the 2-1 series lead in Los Angeles. And yesterday afternoon, around 12.45, we all, I think, were looking at our phones in disbelief when we saw Young Masuk and then uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that Kawhi Leonard would be missing this game. Uh, Woj reported that He hurt his knee in Game 1, but then played through Game 2. With that absence, at least on social media, I was seeing everyone saying, "Okay, Game 3 is a lock for the Suns. They're just going to run past him. That wasn't the case. It was only a 5-point win, and that was with a 45-point performance from Devin Booker. After the win, Booker said the Suns did not ease up at all with Kawhi Leonard out.
1: Yeah, you know, those are those trick games that happens always throughout the year where you think somebody's missing one of their top players and, you know, you try to you let off the gas a little bit and they take advantage of it. And you give credit to those guys. They they played their asses off tonight, and, you know, but, you know, I think the whole team was prepared for that and figured they would, so you know, we, we didn't take a step back.
5: Alright, so if it wasn't the Suns, stepping back or easing up. Why didn't they win by a bigger margin, be it things that the Suns weren't doing well or things that the Clippers were doing well? Well, I I
3: don't think collectively everybody in the Suns didn't take a step back. I think, I think that's uh, misstated by Devin Booker. I think... Um, I just, I think this is what happens in the NBA. And, and as Vinny pointed out, this Clippers team's had a lot of experience playing out without their stars. It, it's like the Dallas Mavericks. Luka sits down. And it's like the team is actually happy that they can actually shoot the ball <laughs> and, and pass the, and, and touch the ball. Sometimes you get that. It, it, what, it shouldn't have been as close as it was, but the game still kind of felt like um, a, a really good team against a, a really wounded team. So to me, yeah. yeah it it really wasn't all that surprising. No, I think
2: think Bick is on the money with what Devin Booker said, and he certainly did not take a step back. He was was just ridiculous last night. But I also think there's that subconscious easing out. Kawhi's not going to play. You probably don't even think about it, but it just clicks in in the subconscious, and I think that happened last night. And you cannot go that far into the conversation without just tipping your cap to the Clippers. That team plays incredibly hard Hard.
5: Yeah, they Except, do. except for relentless. Nick Batum. Except for Nicholas Batum. <laughs> Not you. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, let's get to the Arizona Cardinals. It was a busy night in Valley Sports, y'all. The Suns, the D-backs, and the Cardinals revealed their new uniforms at an event in downtown Phoenix at the Van Buren. Have you guys seen a show at the Van Buren? Yes, love it. What a great venue. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Good pick by the Cardinals. Now, before they rolled out the new uniforms, head coach Jonathan Gannon did a Q&A with, uh, I believe it was Paul Calvisi and Danny Sarek, and they asked... Hey, who who are you interested in next week's draft?
1: It was cool because we said, uh, Monty and I did an exercise at the beginning of this week, and we said, all right, dude, like seriously now. Like we got the boards stacked, and you told me who you like, and I told you who I liked. Like who do we have, like who do we love that we want to wear red, white, and black? You'll see the new unis in a minute. And um, I said, uh, and he goes, all right, let's write them down. I said, all right, I'll write them down too and out of 10 guys we had eight of
5: the same so i think we're we're in lockstep and uh, excited to go for thursday all right they've got a shared list going so aside from will anderson who i think everybody affiliated with the cardinals is interested in what are some of the other names that you hope are on that shared list that the Cardinals are interested in. I like Gonzalez from Oregon
2: if they move down from three. Yeah, uh, I think they could do worse than Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech wherever mm-hmm. they're drafting. Uh, I don't want that to be at three necessarily, but Will Anderson's at the top of the list for me.
3: Yeah, again, uh, I'm I'm hoping that it, that this big offer will materialize. I'm hoping that this is just all disinformation season right now. That's uh-huh. what I'm hoping mm-hmm. for.
5: It's always lion season in the NFL, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and yeah, even so, like, now.
2: along those lines, like last night, Jonathan Gannon said, "You'll see." the New unis in a second. Uh-huh. That was the first admission from anybody from the Cardinals organization that indeed new uniforms were being unveiled that <laughs> night. They wouldn't even admit that they're much. That's so right. Yeah.
5: That is not how they promoted the, the event. The Cardinals social
2: yes. media actually teased this new soccer lease is going to be, you know, lit or whatever. Oh. Like, they wouldn't even admit that they're getting They did new a 30
4: minute interview with Gannon. Yeah. yeah. Just a regular sit down interview before they even got to the uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> All
5: right, let's get to the Diamondbacks. During yesterday's show the news broke that the d-backs had dfa'd madison bumgarner after his fourth start of the season a rough one in st louis gm mike hazen spoke to reporters yesterday afternoon and he shared that they told bumgarner that they would be releasing him after his wednesday start in st louis
1: when did you guys let him know last night i Mm did not going to go into that conversation it was very respectful um, and few of us in the room and you know i did most of the talking which is typical in those situations but i'm not going to go into the conversation
5: He also said the D-backs, showing some promise this year, coming up this year, played right into the decision to part ways with Bumgarner.
1: You know, I've thought about that word, urgency, over the last 48 hours. Um, And yes, I think that I ask our players and staff to have urgency around how we're going to play and attack. And so I have to do the same thing. I can't be a hypocrite and ask for that and not do it in my job. And so that was part of the reason we, we made a decision.
5: All right, guys, how do you sum up the Madison Bob Garner era here in Arizona? <laughs>
3: Very disappointing. Debacle. That's a good word.
2: Uh, can I do a sound effect for it, please? What ah, a waste.
4: Get the
2: Shut the bleep up, you
4: bleep. <laughs> Uh, I guess it's back to rodeo for me. here
3: Get back in the box. Nice. <laughs> what the hell do you think you are? It was... Uh... <laughs> That's good, James. <Jimmy. laughs> it's solid.
4: It sucks. It sucks that it didn't work out, though. Because he would have been... <laughs> It he, could had, have been, it he
3: could have been something. He had yes. such an,
4: an aura about him that it would have been really cool to have him in his prime here. Oh, kind of man, of. So yes. In, in a
2: way, up I close agree. and personal with all those years in San Francisco and what he was able to do to the D-backs. And... I remember having mixed feelings at the time, and you're like, "Yeah, I get it. Five years, eighty-five million dollars. At least it's not two hundred and five million. How bad could it be?" Well, we got our answer. Yeah, yeah. Not quite four years into it.
5: No. Two things before we go, guys. Frank G. DM'd and said it was Eddie House.
3: Exactly, Arina. Exactly was. Was. Oh, should have known. Yeah, no. Listen, I, I was gonna, I was gonna tell you guys at the end of this segment next time we talk to e House to see because that's who it was. Yeah, because when Arizona played ASU back in the day, Gilbert Arenas always locked up Eddie House. Yes.
4: Yeah. Oh, Eddie will be like, Hell yeah, I hit him in the blank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He not, shouldn't I have I got his blank I in know. my way. I that doesn't sound Eddie. like the Eddie House
3: I know. I <laughs> no, it. No, it was Eddie House. I conflated Eddie House with James Harden, one player I love with one player, not so much. Sorry about that.
5: Oh, touche, touche. Also, while we're correcting Bick, I'm going to correct myself, too. Thank you, Chad. Zach Allen, bobblehead night is tomorrow. It is not tonight. I got ahead of myself. I okay. said that in All the update. Right. Thank you, Chad. Our listeners are
4: the best. They maybe are. They, are. they maybe keep it. us
5: accountable. Maybe it's they a, listen.
4: Yeah. It's not Zach Allen bobblehead, either. No, no, it no, it is not. No, not. I, no they had to cancel having that, having that one. In Denver. Yeah, they're doing
2: that <laughs> Thank in Denver. you, Sarah. We uh, watch Sarah. reboot every morning at 7.30. Coming up next, we will get uh, the lowdown on the Kawhi Leonard situation from Law Murray, who covers the uh, Clippers for the Athletic. That is straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Bickley and
2: Murata talk Suns Clippers now. Suns take game three over the Clippers last night, 129-124, but before the game, the Clippers side of things was shaken. By the news that uh, Kawhi Leonard would not play in Game 3, knee sprain, he was in street clothes, his uh, availability for the rest of the series in question right now. Here to give us a clearer picture on that side of things from The Athletic, covers the uh, Clippers for The Athletic, Law Murray, our guest on the Arizona Sports Line. Law, thanks so much for joining us again, appreciate it. Good
0: morning, once again, guys.
2: Uh, read your piece on the athletic about you know the hours leading up to the game and this coming out of uh, of left field and and kind of the here we go again feeling from the Clippers. I mean, what was what was your initial reaction to hearing this news? Was this completely out of left field?
0: It was definitely for me out of left field because I was around Kawhi after Game One, Game Two. He took a while to get dressed. He was the last guy out of the locker room, and he earned it. He, he he's been the best player in the series. He had high minute workload, high on ball workload. Game one, he he had thirteen of his thirty eight points in the fourth quarter. So when when you look at when you look at all that, you uh, was like, okay, Kawhi's doing a lot. Um, he did take a bump. In the third quarter of game one on an and one, where he sped in the transition, the right side of the lane, and DeAndre Ayton kind of hit him, he had to land and use his right leg to kind of steady himself and get the ball up on on, on the goal. He scores. Uh, It reminded me of when Joe Ingles hit him uh, two years ago, Uh and that was the play that Kawhi suffered his partially torn ECL that he wound up needing to get surgery repaired. So it's not as serious as that. That's what we're being told. The fact that Kawhi was at the game last night and not up in a luxury suite somewhere is a good sign because when he was in that luxury suite, people were like, why isn't he around the team? And the reality was he wasn't around the team because he was hurt because the mobility of his knee restricted him from being around on the baseline area, so um, that's a positive that it's not as serious. But because of that, you're wondering, well, what the heck would knock Kawhi out of the playoff game? It was, exactly. That that was that was difficult to see, difficult to accept. And once again. Uh, Kawhi would not be available. It, I'm sure it hit the team like a sack of bricks,
3: and it's and the fan base too. However, it's defined in L.A. and I know a lot of people make fun of the Clippers fan base and, and the status. This this has to be very very difficult to 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 have these two magnificent players who just are not available.
0: This was last night was a full capacity crowd. And what I wrote this morning, Kawhi Leonard has never been able to play in a playoff game in Los Angeles with a full-capacity crowd. Like, the first year, it was a bubble. The second year, Toronto's first year as head coach, when they made that run, the game that I referred to where Kawhi scored his ACL, I think that had about 8,000 people. That was the last of the restricted... Limited capacity crowds, where we are still in the stage of the pandemic, where you couldn't have everybody in the arena just yet. Uh, that was lifted for the first game that Kawhi wound up missing out of the four home games the Clippers had left that postseason. Last year, Kawhi missed the whole year, and now you have Game Three, the first the the, the venue change game, and it's not even like you knew the morning of. It's not like you yeah. knew the night before when the injury report came out, like it was a midday update. Oh, sorry guys, four hours before the game, no Kawhi or, or four hours before uh, the coaches speak to address what's happening. Um, and it's tough. Like you get in that arena and you see all those, those, you see it lit up. Like, I, I, I was in the arena for Phoenix's games one and two and you know, all those shirts and, and just everybody milling around downtown uh, anticipating meaningful basketball, right, um, and not just who your home team is, but who the opponent is. I mean, fans go to these games not just for the team that they're rooting for, but to see who they got to beat. And it's 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 like going to a party, and uh, the person you're going to the party for. Isn't
2: there? It's <laughs> a good way to put it. Yeah, law Murray from the Athletic, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. You use the phrase. It must have hit the team like a ton of bricks. Yet the Clippers came out and they didn't act that way. They didn't perform that way. That team plays really, really hard. And I think there's a lot of things they can take away from from that game, Law. Uh, moving forward, even if Kawhi Leonard doesn't play, uh, namely going. Small for most of the fourth quarter. That created a lot of issues for the Suns. What else do you think the Clippers can take as a positive from, from that performance, even if Kawhi
0: can't go a Saturday or beyond? Well, Norman Powell broke out of a shooting sum, but Norman, to me, was already playing well. Uh, even though he had missed 18 out of 23s in April prior to Thursday night's game, Norman was doing a great job getting to the rim doing a great job getting to his spots, getting to the free throw line. But putting him in a starter role, that was the best game Norm's ever played as a Clipper. And really the best game Norm's ever played ever since leaving the leaving the Raptors. And that was the, the way that he shot the ball in addition to doing all the other things he already does. That's how you get 42 points. Uh, Russell Westbrook, again, this dude was with the Lakers and the Lakers... You know, compounded a, a, a roster that didn't fit him with all the other things going on. You know, we're not going to get too deep into that right now, but people act like this dude couldn't play still. And both times that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were not available and Russell Westbrook has been available, Russell Westbrook has dropped 30 points in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he was able to do it in a playoff game suggests that this this guy can still play at a high level. I mean, At an MVP level, no, he's a 15-year, 6'3 small guard, but he can still hoop. And those two guys being able to still find buckets when the Suns knew that someone had to score, that was probably uh, the most encouraging part for the Clippers. It's not their offense that they need to figure out. Um, They can score. Toronto Lewis is an outstanding head coach in terms of putting guys in position to succeed. Now they have to figure out how to defend without fouling, how to take care of the basketball. Because when you lose a game by five points, uh, and you look at the possession battle and see that the Suns spanked you with fourteen extra possessions, uh, five from turnovers, uh, and um, you know the offensive rebounds, nine from offensive rebounds, you know that all right, you're going to go small. You're going to probably lose a rebound battle, but you can't lose the turnover battle too. And so uh, we're we're going to see first thing Saturday. Uh, if those things can carry over, uh, there's, there's definitely some things to, to, uh, feel encouraged about, but you gotta, you have to, carry that over at the same time.
3: We talk about a le- legacy a lot with basketball players, almost ad nauseum, but Devin Booker lost a game seven at home um, and was blown out in the process, almost embarrassed in it all. And, and NBA players who want to be stars, they have to wear that. And it looks like Devin Booker's taking some steps to atone for that last couple of games. From an outside opinion, uh, what do you see from Phoenix's superstar?
0: Devin's playing the best basketball of his career right now. Um, Kevin Durant coming to the Suns has unlocked a version of Devin Booker that certainly in the playoffs we've never seen before. And even I saw it even when Kevin was playing those eight regular season games. Uh, It's funny, like eight regular season games, it's the same number of seeding games that teams got in the bubble. And you remember, (laughs) Book got in the bubble and, and went off the Suns. Were that's that was the size that the Suns were turning it around, right? But I mean, Devin Booker has made ten field goals now in consecutive games, and it was a run that Devin Booker went on when KD started playing again. Um, Kevin, when, when Kevin debuted with the Suns, it was at Charlotte, and Devin went off for thirty-seven points. Devin hasn't scored that many points since his 58-point game in December against the Pelicans. Um, And so the way that Devin has played with Kevin Durant makes – he's he's the guy. I've seen Kevin play sloppy basketball in this series. He got off to a terrible start in game one. He had six turnovers in game three. Uh, I've, I've seen Chris play sloppy basketball in this series. Not with turnovers, but with his shot selection. Chris definitely got tired at the end of the game three last night, but Devin kept scoring points.